Hey there, and welcome to the Parable Podcast. I'm Danielle Zabchank. One of the beautiful ways technology has played out in my life recently is building connections with people that I would have never met. So I'm excited for you to listen in on my conversation with Maggie Greenway of She Pens Truth. Her artistic gift combined with God's truth is very special, and her story, it was so relatable. And God showed me so clearly that I don't need to strive for His attention, that I have God's 100% attention 100% of the time, and that I do not have to compete with anybody for His attention, that my heart is valued. And instead of standing between my husband and my child, I now get to just be myself. Here's my conversation with Maggie Greenway. To meet a new Instagram friend of mine, Maggie Greenway. Thank you so much for for finding me on Instagram, and then just connecting in this way that we get to hear about your story today. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Thank you. I am Maggie. I am a mom of three, married to my husband Chris for almost 22 years, and these days I'm the founder and owner, I guess you could say, of She Pens Truth, where we inspire people, but mostly women, to lean into Jesus through art, devotionals, and community. So how long has that been around She Pens Truth? Since 2017. Was that something that you had always envisioned for yourself of doing? How did it come about? So it's a creative business with a ministry heart. I was a high school teacher, English teacher, stayed home with my kids after my oldest was born in 2004. And then until my youngest, who is now 12, but at the time when she was in first grade, I was like, I need to do something. But I wanted it to be during school. I didn't want it to be like evenings, weekends. I had always loved art through high school, but really kind of put it to the side, but God just kind of kept bringing it up. And so I ended up starting to volunteer in my son's classroom as the art docent. And it was doing the projects with them and like making examples that then I just started kind of going off and doing my own thing. It started out as fine art, like landscapes, and I was getting some commissions and it was really fun, but the Lord really shifted it towards more scripture on paintings. And then it shifted again to signs. So like reclaimed wood with scripture. And the last couple years it's been watercolor paintings like landscapes and botanicals with scripture on them. That's interesting that you share that because we had just finished a study with our women's group at our church and we were talking about our spiritual gifts, our passions, our abilities, just what we get excited about. And sometimes it's hard because we think, oh, well, you know, I just do this for fun or, you know, this is so natural to me. Like art just becomes a part of me. So how am I going to utilize this? How am I going to impact the kingdom for God? And so that's awesome that God just kept impressing it upon your heart. And then he's finally like, you know what? You need to step out and do this. (laughs) So congratulations. That's amazing. Did you always feel at a young age that art was, or just the creative aspect of that was something that was a part of your life? Or is that something new? It's definitely being creative has always been a part of my life. My brothers are both artistic and my mom is as well. And my dad was in his own way. As a kid, I was a competitive gymnast and I was either in the gym or I was doing cartwheels and flips in my yard. Like I was the kid that was always upside down. But if I wasn't doing those things, I was like beating bracelets or making friendship bracelets. I was always doing creative things with my hands. So as a kid, I was more crafty. And then I got into high school and really loved art classes, but I was never the kid that the art teacher was like, oh, you should go to art college. I'd go through my hard classes and then it was my outlet and it always fed my soul in a very different way. And then in college, I kind of got back into it because I needed it for the emotional 
side of things just to express my emotions. I was doing all these abstract things just to like bleh, on the page and get the emotions out. That's true that you talk about, you know, getting your uh, emotional, having something for your outlet, because when we think of rest, sometimes we immediately go to, oh, I just need to take a nap. Really, there's actually like seven types of rest and creativity, painting. I mean, even putting Lego sets together, really, it can be cathartic for us to have our brains process and really hear what the Holy Spirit wants to share with us. So I'm so glad that you were able to tap back into that outlet. What is your creative process through that? Do you see a verse and then you're like, okay, this is exactly what's in my mind? Or how does that work for you? Right now, I have a journaling Bible, and it's not one that like I post pictures of, and it's not gorgeous and beautiful, but as I read and a verse kind of like jumps out to me, I will kind of make a little design just in the moment in pencil in the side. A lot of times those will then end up polished in a sticker in particular. Like the florals that I did this year, that was more like I just kind of got obsessed with flowers in last January, longing for spring. And I really wanted to add verses on there. And so the the lettering and the designs are very simple, but I wanted to add verses that were just deeply encouraging. When you talk about that encouragement, Maggie, I see that immediately in your designs. And the way I found you on Instagram actually was because somebody had given one of our, our mutual friends, Aubrey, a card because people don't, you know, necessarily reach out for handwritten cards anymore. So there's just that thoughtfulness and specialness about it. And so I love that. And I think when we have that connection that starts building, we're able to start sharing with each other. And that's really what the Parable Podcast is all about, is sharing our hearts, sharing what's real, what's authentic. And when we do that, we're able to see into a person's heart and hear what their story is and how that connects with ours and ultimately connecting us back with Jesus. So I'm excited to hear what your parable story is, Maggie. What would you like to share with us today? Well, I just have to say, like, the whole point of this podcast is just beautiful. The idea of vulnerability and story and seeing the way Jesus works in our hearts, in our stories, is like a passion of mine. So I'm just super excited and super resonating with all of this. So I guess for me, my parable story, I grew up in the church, went to Christian college. I grew up as the kid that was like, oh, in my church, I was the kid that didn't have a testimony, right? Like I was the good kid. At my church growing up, there were a lot of people who were like, I did drugs and then I came back, you know, all that kind of stuff. Very big stories. But I do see God working just mightily in the quietness of my story. And the overarching theme right now that I am seeing him just continually come from my heart with is that I am not alone, which is a lie that I believed a lot of my life, that I was somehow on my own in things. Two things, I am alone and and in order to not be alone, I have to strive and perform. And so I was a competitive gymnast. I have brothers who and we're just super competitive. And I also have a personality that like from early, early, like some of my first words were me jumping up and down in a playpen saying, mom, look at me, look at me, look at me. So I was like that show off kid that I think that there was some kind of deeper story stuff I've been talking to my mom about. And it's been really interesting there about my early childhood and why I always had this need for attention in performance in particular. And then you fast forward. So I was in ninth grade when my dad was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And he and I were very, 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 very close. 
gifts. Like I'm a total daddy's girl. And so he was a man of faith and just super caring and loving and just adored me, which is awesome. So I grew up with a good and loving father, but you know, a lot of people translate your view of God from your own father. And because he was sick and just slowly deteriorated over 30 years and he actually passed away two years ago, I saw God as good and loving, but not capable or powerful. So I was on my own to figure out those things, just like I was in certain situations with my dad and with my parents, like especially in college. So that's kind of another arch in my story. And then enter into my marriage and I have full permission to share this with yeah. from my husband. But um, of course, like I went to Christian college and thought like, oh yeah, I'll marry this Christian man. We'll do ministry together. We'll talk about spiritual things. My husband and I both went to Wheaton College and he was a young life leader and we've known each other since seventh grade. And we were desperately in love. About a few years into our marriage, I was like, why can't we talk about spiritual things? Like we both had faith. He definitely had faith, but there was just kind of a blocker. And we had a conversation one summer and he was just like, I don't feel comfortable talking about these things. And so that was just kind of a reality check of like, okay, that's where we're going to be. And it was hard for me. But a few years later, our oldest had some significant struggles that I'm not going to go into because that's her story. But Chris really couldn't handle them very well. And so he really isolated from that. And I ended up kind of standing between our child and him because her struggles made him struggle. And so I was trying to kind of shield them from each other. So her heart mattered. His heart mattered. Mine really didn't. And it really felt on my own emotionally carrying the load of this. And then we had two more kids too. So what kind of through the motions of that for like 10 years and still like super involved in church. Chris was on the board at our church. Like faith was still there, but there was kind of always just a blocker. And then Chris so fast forwarding like 10 years, Chris had just like this crisis of faith, kind of midlife crisis-ish of like, I've been in church my whole life. I've always heard these people share stories of in my hardest, darkest moments, God met me. And he's like, I've never experienced that. So he kind of went on this quest of either this is for real and I'm going to figure that out and find it or I'm out. And so I was petrified that I was going to end up doing all of faith stuff on my own. And it was a very real possibility. And I just started praying and Chris just was reading books and he ended up finding like a year into this process, a you version devotional called The Heart of the Warrior. It was like a 14-day devotional, and it's actually a book that's written by Michael Thompson, who's now a dear friend of ours. So it comes out of a ministry called Zoe, which is the Greek word for abundant life, like from John 10, 10. Chris just started resonating with this message of that there is more to faith, there is more to relationship with Jesus than duty and serving and obedience to a distant God who doesn't really like you. Like that's kind of the lie that Chris had believed in his life. Chris ended up kind of Hail Mary, went to this weekend in Colorado with this ministry and had a moment where he was praying with a peer counselor guy and just the walls broke down. The shield that he kind of self-protected kept the good out as well as the bad. And he just kind of took that down. And my husband, who I had never literally seen cry in 20 years of marriage, calls me just blubbering. Like God just told me that he loves me as wide as this valley. And he wants you to paint the picture of this for me. Like, so I can remember that. And he came home a totally different person. And I know this is a lot of his story but it's also mine because God did abundantly more than I could have asked or imagined. And as Chris came home, our child who at that point was 15 continues to struggle and went through
through some of the hardest struggles of that child's life literally months after Chris getting home. And if Chris had not had that breakthrough at that exact moment, God knew I needed it right then. And since then, it was definitely tricky figuring out how to parent together when I had been kind of solo and martyr mentality and like, I got this, like I'm in full control. But Chris has been with me through it. And then I got to go on one of the weekends and God showed me so clearly that I don't need to strive for his attention, that I have God's 100% attention 100% of the time, and that I do not have to compete with anybody for his attention, that my heart is valued. And instead of standing between my husband and my child, I now get to just be myself and be a partner with my husband. And that my heart matters too, to myself, to my husband, to my kids, but to God ultimately. This year, I did a word of the year study and the word that God I felt put on my heart was that I am his delight. And then I'll share one last little bit. The last morning at that retreat I went to, it was called the deepening weekend, was laying in my bunk and I was sound asleep having some weird dream. And I felt like somebody walked past my bunk and spoke to me. So it wasn't even part of my dream. It was completely separate. It was like somebody was waking me up and I felt the Lord say to me, you are my pearl of great price. And my name, Maggie, Margaret actually means pearl. So it was this combination of what God saying, I agree with your parents. Your parents believe and believe that you have value. I believe that you have value and you are my pearl of great price. And I got home and my husband bought me this beautiful pearl necklace that's surrounded with like an infinity sign, like the Holy Spirit, just kind of holding it. And I just hold on to it when those questions of like, does my heart matter come back? So big picture, I just feel like the Lord keeps showing up and saying, you are not alone. You thought you were alone as a kid. I was there. You thought you were alone in your marriage. I was there. And now you have your husband fully with you. Miggy, that is a beautiful testimony. Just to be able to see those connections, because it is really challenging for us in those seasons, especially you said that your husband had been struggling for a year and, and you are not the only one. I mean, there are people that have been struggling their whole life trying to figure out their faith and wrestling with that. And and I do want to share like, it's okay to do that because I think there's like, there's a stigma behind that. But God asks us to wrestle. He doesn't just say, you know what, here you're a Christian and you figured it out. It's okay. He doesn't just say, well, you know, this is exactly what you need to believe and, and you should ask no questions. So wow, to like stand beside him, especially in the throes of raising kids and figuring out your heart in that season. It's amazing that God just walked alongside the both of you. And then you've seen these different chapters unfold of how God has protected you and has kind of used you. And when you said that your heart didn't matter, did you feel like that was what you felt for a really long time? Or that was just for that season? I would say in that season, I wouldn't have actually put words to it like that, but definitely it was something from a long time. I think I took upon myself the role of taking care of other people, kind of the feeling that if everyone else is finally okay, then I can be at peace. And so that started out in my family when my dad was diagnosed and we had, we just had a lot of grief going on in my family and my mom was really a mess. She would, at the time, she didn't really think she was, but like I could see it. And so I think I took upon myself, if everybody else is okay, then I can be okay. I was not vulnerable at all, even with my dear friends through that season. Definitely, it was more of a long-term thing, but I didn't see it until more recently, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you were able to talk to somebody who's feeling that same way, feeling like that their heart doesn't matter, what would you share with them right now? Hmm. I would just say your heart 
does matter. It matters to God. It matters just to you. It matters to your family. Every single person in life has value. Like we all are made in the image of God and we each have a unique glory stamped on us by the Lord. I was sharing this with my Bible study group on Wednesday. You know, those Play-Doh machines that you shove Play-Doh in and you push them down and then like out spits the Play-Doh and like this weird looking string. It can never get clean. It always has hard Play-Doh in it. So much bad Play-Doh in it. Yeah. And crusty and then gets ruined. You throw it away. Yes. So my feeling like God works with us. He partners with us and it is God who's working through us. But each of us have like a different shape of that Play-Doh machine. Like I might be the star and you might be the circle and somebody else might be like the spaghetti. But we each have a very unique imprint of the Lord's image on us. If your heart doesn't get to matter, if your heart gets shoved down, we are depriving the world of God's glory through us that can only be shown through us like we are the only person with that exact way that he shines that's so true because i think that's what a lot of us feel is that our story or what we have to offer isn't good enough and maybe that's because of the past because a parent has told us that or somebody that we loved inadvertently just made us feel that way and kind of like what you were saying too when we have this view of our earthly father and then our heavenly father that gets transferred down we don't take the time to reflect and recognize all these little pieces about our story that make us so special. But there's things that we need to work on and that we need to offer back up to God every day because uh, (laughs) there's a lot, okay? And just giving that back to Him and helping Him remind us and what you just said about every day. He believes that we are the pearl of great praise. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Do you do the Enneagram? Yeah, I'm a seven. Are you? Okay, I'm a three. Okay, so I am a striver. Oh, yes. I I always thought I was a three. And yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I just, I like to get things done. And yeah, it's it's hard because there's this idea of performance and nobody was ever asking me. It's just like this thing that's built in. I don't get it. Yeah, so thank you for sharing that about striving as well and having these pieces that we have to work through. And nobody has ever arrived in Christianity. We are always (laughs) like that plater. We're always being molded and put back together by the hands of God. And thankfully, So thank you for sharing that. Was that in a season before you started this journey into She Pen's Truth? Or was that in the midst of that? In the midst of it. So, which is interesting because what has spoken to my heart, like God's just saying, you are not alone. You're not alone. So when the first Christmas that I was doing Sheep and Truth came along, I was like, oh, I want to practice my hand lettering. And super new at that. And I want there to be a theme. It's going to be Advent. And, you know, what theme really resonates with me from Easter? And it was God with us. Emmanuel. And that's the message my heart needed. I'm not alone. He is with me. And so at the time, the way I would do Bible studies um, when I was doing them on my own was I would look up a phrase that resonated with me, like God with us, even just the word with, and I would like concordance it to death. And so I found just so many places in the Bible where God says, I am with you to his people, to us through the Holy Spirit, like all the way through. And so that first, so this is 2017, Chris had his big breakthrough in 2019. So this is years before, but that was the message that God just continued to encourage me with, that I am with you, I am with you. So I actually wrote what is now the Emmanuel Christmas Devotional. It's a book that's published. And I wrote that just as these the little captions to my hand lettering practicing each day of December that first year. And then I've slowly polished them up and the hand lettering's gotten better 
water and (laughs) all the things. That's so cool that just by when you just even said the word with, just by like little pieces, God just kind of seeped into your life and just allowed him to take hold of your heart. Tell us a little bit more about what are you hoping for this book, for Emmanuel? If somebody is looking for something to read as they lead up to Christmas, what are you hoping for that reader? I think for me, I would love for people to feel a sense of soul comfort as we go into Christmas. Again, there's so much busyness and just to cut out a little bit of time each day. The devotional is structured in a way that there's like a full page of scripture and then there's my reflection that I wrote and then a prayer and then there's a reflection question, which I love the way that you do that at the end of your podcast too. There's a reflection question with two pages of journaling space. So this new one, there was an old devotional that was similar. This one, I added some journaling space to it. So my hope is that 20, 30 minutes carved out each day through that the Christmas season would really just give people a sense of like, I'm not alone. God is with me. Here are stories over and over and over and over again about how God authentically shows up with people and says, I see you. You are not alone. I will be with you through battles. I will be with you through storms. And there's 24 different stories in scripture that are shared from Old Testament from the very beginning all the way up to the Lord being with shepherds and then into Jesus's life as well and how Jesus was present with people and healing Bartimaeus and saying, what do you want me to do for you? I like to liken it to those comfy sweatshirts that are just, they're like these huge poncho-y things. My daughter's got one. And so I'm like, I want a soul comfy for all of us because we all need that huge soul hug right now. I think just the world right now, you can see it by the fact that you cannot find a therapist to save your life. Like every therapist has wait lists like crazy for children and for adults and for marriage counseling as well. I just think we all need just that sense of peace and rest and a safe refuge where we can just go and lean in for a little bit and carry that with us through our days. Spiritual and emotional health, they go together. And as you as you think about, if you just walk into the grocery store, I think it was the day after Halloween, I walked in and it was Christmas. So there's this rush, this panic, this anxiety of what are we going to eat? What am I going to buy? Will it be here from Amazon in time? You know, All of these things that are rushing in our head. And I didn't come up with this, but there's like the idea of, you know, you have all these presents, but really God just wants and everybody else wants our presence. You know, we just want to be present in this time and to remember that God's story. Yes, it's Christmas. But what you did in your Emmanuel devotional is you connected it through all of the Bible because that's what it's really all about. Jesus wasn't just plopped right down in just the New Testament. God had him a part of his story from the beginning. So recognizing Emmanuel, God is with us. He can be with you through that season as well as we lead up to Christmas. Yes, exactly. Thank you for your work, Maggie. It's beautiful and that you allow people to have spaces for time to reflect. And um, I just am grateful for you sharing a little bit of your story today. If people wanted to connect with you or learn more about this devotional or other things that you've done, how can they do that? Probably the easiest thing is Instagram. My handle is at ShePensTruth. My website is ShePensTruth.com, which is where you can buy the book with some art as well. Like there's a bookmark and a little watercolor painting Jesus um, ornament that's there. Or you can get it on Amazon. And if you just search up Emmanuel and my name, Maggie Greenway or Emmanuel and ShePensTruth, it should pop to the top. I have a ton of freebies actually on my website of different Bible reading plans that you can download. And then we'll end up connecting through email that way as well. And that way you'll know what's going on in my art and in my shop.
shop and then just my heart for I share all sorts of different things over email with people well thank you for choosing to be vulnerable and utilizing your gift to share because it's hard to be vulnerable with other people and sometimes Instagram or email or doing a free online devotional it kind of starts and opens up that barrier of vulnerability and just being able to share even like from a distance so you know you're in Seattle we're in the Chicago area so how fun thank you for doing that I appreciate you being on the Parable podcast today we're grateful for you thank you so much for having me Danielle I am so grateful for Maggie that through her parable story, she reminds us so gently that God is with us. We are not alone as we head into this Christmas season or any time for that matter. Some of the takeaway questions to think about or journal this week, uh, this just gives us a chance to reflect about what we learned and what we discussed today. The first question is this, how have you found yourself believing the lie that your heart, it doesn't matter? You know, Maggie talked about her husband's heart and her daughter's heart, and she just wanted to make sure they were okay first. But think about that for yourself. Are you putting everyone's heart ahead of yours? And if so, what can you take away from Maggie's story about the pearl of your life? that your heart, your story is so important. Think about that, journal about that this week. Secondly, as we are heading into the flurry that is Christmas, there's so much beauty and splendor, but there's also this zaniness, right? So what is one way that you can slow down and truly sit with our God, Emmanuel? And maybe that's just, you have to schedule that in your calendar or you just get 15 minutes for you, a cup of coffee on the couch in the morning. Whatever it is, find a way that you can connect with Jesus and just rest in his holiness and his Emmanuel. Thank you so much for listening. A fun way that you can support the show and our future conversations is simply by subscribing into wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating or review. I know on Spotify, it helps me remind the podcast that I listen to as I'm going from place to place. It's just a little ding that I get and I can listen while I'm running errands or on a walk or wherever I need a little encouragement. Secondly, you can join the Parable Podcast email list. You get to hear so many great stories, but this is my way of sharing some of my sometimes funny and messy and real life lessons that I am currently learning. Just think of it as a little encouragement in your inbox once a month. If you have any questions or you want more information about how you can connect with Maggie and She Pens Truth, you can head over to the show notes. Some of them are down below or you can go to daniellezapchank.com. I would love to connect with you more. You can find me always hanging out on Instagram or Facebook. That's at daniellezapchank. That is Z-A-P. C-H-E-N-K. That will do it for today. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Remember, your parable, it showcases God's high value, his high value that he sees in you every single day. We'll see you back again next week on the Parable Podcast.